0: as in you're hearing dead air and breakers and uh us stop gapping. that's just because we're doing this on on the air live and we're leaving this as a bonus for you no one's we're, we're nobody we're nobody yeah all right hey good all right here we go so that's what you're listening to so uh bear with us a second
2: Contemporary Plays for Radio. Earplay.
3: This week, Earplay presents The General Brutus by Jeff Wanchell.
4: Wanchell
3: has been a familiar name in American theater for some time. His first play, The Disintegration of James Cherry, has been performed at the Lincoln Center in New York City and the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. He is the author of works as varied as The Rhesus Umbrella, Auto Destruct, and Fog and Mismanagement. And his most recent play, Isadora Duncan Sleeps with the Russian Navy, played an extended run at the American Place Theater in New York
0: City. General Brutus, here receiving its first production, began life at the O'Neill Playwrights Conference in Connecticut. Earplay commissioned him to adapt the play for radio. The General Brutus, by Jeff Wanchell.
2: I ah, my lord. Ask yonder knight both who he is and why he approaches thus plated in the musculature of war. Oh, my lord.
3: The bombaster Brutus, my lord, desires a word with you. He's full of guile, hollow, deep,
5: and treacherous. But I'll woo him to my purpose. Lead him to me.
2: Oh, noble Brutus. Pray tell, what instrument is that you drag behind? Lord Faulteroy, you are the chosen of Romulus and Remus, favorite of the Cylons of Rome, chiefest candidate for supreme general. Are you not, sir? I am, Brutus. And if I am elected, you will be my right hand, my second in command. Your second in command, sir. Not your equal. My equal? Well... Who cannot command that? Be tyrant if ere one raved. Oh, tyranny, thy rich deserve death, and you Drop to one knee, and speak, Bazooka, for, for me. My God. I crushed this adder in his shell for the common good, because he was ambitious. Gravedigger. Aye, my lord. Fauntleroy and this weighty purse. Hmm. Yours, see to it your hands are full of business. Oh, you shall be general, my lord. <laughs> Now I am Rome's favorite. Everyone,
6: please silence, here, noble Brutus,
2: senators, ears! It is the hour of the general election, and I nominate Lord. Fauntleroy. 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 Fauntleroy is missing and presumed dead. Fauntleroy, art thou gone? Why, he is dead then. Farewell, Fauntleroy. Mark how his philosophy of stoicism well schools so Brutus so to withstand this grating If thou art gone, why, so be it. Death, a necessary end, will come when it will come. Even so, great men, great losses should endure. I nominate! No, sir, if it please you, I am unworthy. I cannot. Uh, no, cannot is false. I will not run, nor if elected, sir. Uh, I vote for Brutus. Oh, I, and I, I vote for Brutus. I, I and I vote for Brutus. I vote for Brutus. Brutus shall be general. Brutus
7: shall be general.
2: be avoided, whose end is purposed by the mighty gods. Romans, Brutus thanks you. For what greater honor can you render unto a Roman than appoint him supreme general? Make him a god! (laughs) (laughs) The gods are superior to the general-elect. But let us not talk of gods, but of reprisal. (laughs) Hmm. Senators... Our neighbors, whom we value and clandestinely support, have been unwholesomely set upon and beat about the head and shoulders with a blunt trunction. Now is the time. For all good Romans to come to the aid of their army. For on the morrow, vengeful Brutus shall forth across the chill green Chinese sea. And let slip the dogs of war. I will repose the offensive emperor. And with decisive victory, imperial Rome and
0: guild.
6: so fitting we'll let it play out for four minutes and 20 seconds we're live here in mutiny studios studio line is open 415-550-0511 my name is paul brumbaugh and you're on the edge uh not kidding no kidding no brandon just me and the mistress laying it down wait hold on that didn't sound right <laughs> We said laying it down, not laying down. What? Not to be confused with laying down.
8: Oh, I could lay down too.
6: Yeah. We could do it in a lot of positions. Hey, we're back here on the edges another <laughs> Sunday. Like I said, no one's hills is here except for the armed guards at the studio door, as we have every week in case we have, you know, pests that try to come to the door they always shoot first ask questions later uh that's it oh uh, that's it but you know if we're letting it play out we're letting them play the boys play out uh we have a big big show ahead of you so much content yeah it's oozing oozing out oozing. oozing out that's right get a shot of penicillin it's oozing out that's what it's doing. And I know Mistress right now is just tweeting about the show. I tweet? Well, that's why you're on your phone.
8: Well, I was trying to look up news.
6: You were? Oh, I thought you were. I've my heard, no, my phone
8: is not very, yeah.
6: Not very friendly?
8: No. It's very and big, though. I didn't think I'd be sitting in this seat today, so I didn't bring my laptop.
6: Yes, I'm already starting the crazy laugh already. It's hour one and I'm already doing the silly laugh. Um, yeah, I know. I know you didn't see. You'd think you were to be sitting there. So Brandon Ray's out. He's out on a day in the city.
8: Yeah. So, lucky him.
6: Lucky him. Enjoying this beautiful weather we have here in uh, California and the Bay Area. It's looking very beautiful. And then um, Kitten's not enjoying the day. She's a little under the weather.
8: She's owie.
6: She's owie. She's under the weather. Yeah. So.
8: I'm owie, too. Thank God. Not that owie.
6: Yeah, you're you're owie, but not that owie. We're all kind of feeling it. Um, so it's the weather change. For one, it's beautiful. It's it's getting really nice outside. Yesterday, the last few days have been very hot, warm.
8: Yeah, I like that it's kind of windy. To, not that I like the wind, but the wind kind of With the breeze down a little.
6: Right. I mean, like two days ago, it was just hot.
8: Y- yesterday.
6: Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Seems yeah, like two days yeah. ago.
8: Well, Friday was like that too, but yesterday was just like, uh, okay, I don't want to get in my car.
6: Yeah, so yeah, I go
8: anywhere. It's too hot, and my car is black.
6: And so it just radiates heat. Yeah. And so no, 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 no.
8: Yeah, it's not good.
6: Definitely not a day for the seat warmers.
8: <laughs> no.
6: Unless you're delivering hot pizza to someone, then it's the perfect day. No. Yeah. So uh, let me see. What do we have on today's show? Let me see. Let me go look. Um, Wow. Um, Lots of stuff. (laughs) <laughs> wow do you believe all that stuff that you see on the board that we're gonna have this is the imaginary this is our imaginary whiteboard for the people that can't see us
8: <laughs> it's imaginary well, no well it's imaginary
6: to us <laughs> <laughs> it's real to you guys we're looking at all the things wow i don't know how we're gonna fit all this in
8: i don't <laughs> either i don't because i don't even know what dino pants is
6: <laughs> yeah you're you're reading your tino pants radio yeah no I, I think you're reading too deeply into it no this i mean literally this is imaginary there's a whiteboard there there's not stickers on a wall you're not in a radio station this is actually a programming room and we're we're looking at all the choices on today's show wow wow lots stuff so much stuff um so so much yeah so that's why we let the song I'm on play on I am I am on sensory overload because it was the power speaking on about a, uh overload we had a little bit of a, uh, a, a an electrical overload here in San Francisco on Friday um all the power went out Kaplooey. Kaplowey.
8: all of San Francisco
6: well only a 100 of- th- only about 100,000 of us
8: us you were here, yes <laughs> I
6: was here. I was feeling every bit of it. I was locked in a basement. I was up on a I was up on a window washing rig and the uh-uh. power gave out. Uh-uh. no, no? Yeah. no, yeah absolutely. I was in an elevator.
8: Uh, I'd rather be in an elevator.
6: Well, the guy transporting spiders. Yeah, I don't think
8: so. No? (laughs) I wouldn't be in that elevator. You wouldn't be in that (laughs)
6: elevator? Well, you wouldn't know until the power goes out and you go, man, what do you got in your case since Uh -uh. we're sitting here talking for the next six hours?
8: Oh, I don't ask people what they carry with them.
6: (laughs) It says dangerous spiders on the side. (laughs) (laughs) If you can tell, she has a little bit of a fear of spiders, fires, spiders, fires, spiders, fire spiders. Yeah. Yeah so anyway no so we lost the power here so uh it crippled the city from a good part of the day um wow these guys have never like uh hung out at my house i lose the power all the time <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah i know i don't pay the bill but it's a different story
9: <laughs> yeah
6: <laughs> but but it was crippling so
8: window washers and everything they were stuck yeah there was there was there was
6: multiple people that were there was like at least one window washing rig and then um they were talking to the elevator and fireman crews that were going around so a lot of them were right around union square for the most part and people were like stuck and so the one guy said he had already rescued like 13 different elevators Mm. i go that's a lucky number
8: (laughs) were they on the 13th floor
6: yeah exactly of course, it was on Friday the 13th. But, and so... No, it wasn't. I know. Shh. For our listeners at home, don't look at your calendar. It's
8: way better. <laughs>
6: it's way better that way.
8: <laughs> this is all figment of our imagination. And that's creepy.
6: Anyway. He's right. No, it's not. <laughs> so, that's what happened here in San Francisco. But I just realized... Well, I didn't just realize. I've, I've known this for a long time, is that... Well, okay, so places like San Francisco for the most part, well, you know, they, they talk about gentrification. So San Francisco is going through gentrification. It is getting, um, you wanna, if you wanna call it urban renewal, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, basically um, everything that's being torn down is being built up and it's being built up bigger and better and whatever. But you gotta remember that we're still living on the same infrastructure. And when you're talking about buildings, you're, they're still talking about the same power that are coming into the buildings, the same sewer lines that are going in and out of the little buildings. It's, it, it, that is still the same. But then you have to worry about the roads, um, the parking, how many people you're actually adding, especially if you're adding housing. You, know, you add 650 units, that's more than 650 people because there's like an average of 2.5 people that live you know, per room or whatever. So, yeah, but
8: even businesses are the same way
6: right and so if you look at it no matter what it, it, we knock down these smaller buildings we put up bigger buildings and just that the actual physical infrastructure of you know like all those things and then you have to worry about all the emergency um, um services like police departments fire departments and all those response, response times when you add that many people to a populace you don't necessarily add that much um emergency services exponentially to your to your infrastructure it would be nice if we did but if you know it everybody's going through budget cuts and they have been for decades losing them right
8: so we're losing all of our safety features
6: yeah, all of our emergency response systems that we're supposed to be ramping up and getting better at what we're doing because, quite honestly, as a country, uh, most of the time, we're fucking failing at the, the stuff we're doing. We're not getting to our own people quicker. We're actually getting to other countries quicker than we're getting to our own people in our own countries with natural, nat- natural disasters. So
8: Yeah, because people have their priorities in the wrong place.
6: Sure. And, 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 and we lack training and some knowledge and some and there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy and, and politics wrapped up in all this bullshit um, like infrastructure. We were just talking about infrastructure. Look at our roads. Our roads suck. We talked about it last week. Our roads are full of potholes. Our roads look like Swiss cheese here in California. You know, every time I look, they are horrible, horrible, horrible. Let's put, you know, another, you know, in my town, we're doubling our uh, population within like two years from now. They say something, they go from like uh, 49 or 50,000 people in Redwood City proper to somewhere near 100,000 people or what is that? Yeah, 100,000 people. And that's crazy. Yeah. You know, you put that many more people on the roads and that many more people driving and that many more
8: well in two in what was it two years now they they tore down what three or four two-story buildings and they're all five or six-story buildings now yeah and and they're they're doing housing and they're now
6: and they're gonna do the same with more in that city and so it's just i
8: (sighs) that's what they're doing with the one block at the end
6: yeah there's another there's another section of town which is not that far from where the six cranes were in the last few years That's getting the same thing done. And we know that um, there's a block in downtown Redwood City that's being leveled, which is at whatever Broadway at uh, Jefferson. So that's going away. And, you know, that's not just they're not just going to, you know, remodel the one story building. Oh, God, no. I'm going to guess it's going up four, three, four and everything I would around say it is probably
8: equivalent to the one across the street, which is the one that's got the movie, the movie theater in it.
6: Right. So at least two or three, like a two I think story, that's a
8: three or four.
6: Is that a three or four? Yeah. Technically cause of the, the, the height of the <laughs> floors. Yeah. So I'm thinking they're going to do something like that just to mimic that, and, which is funny because then you start looking at like the opposite corner. We're talking about four corners here in Redwood city um, that, you know, Again, one is retail now, used to be single story, but now it's been uh, retrofitted, or not retrofitted, but it's been uh, basically bulldozed down and rebuilt up, and it's the equivalent of a four-story building. Um, Across the street, um, that's gonna be knocked down, probably gonna go to the same level. Now, Kitty Corner to it, they have a two-story building, or I'm sorry, across the street, they have a two-story building where Pete's Coffee is, and then if you go Kitty Corner to the restaurant, one-story building, maybe. I think one or two story, but it, it's going to start to everything around it. Before you know it, everybody that does something or buys a property or flips a property, they're going to go up with it. Yeah. The kids, they can't go out with it
8: because developers are buying it out.
6: Right. I mean, if we were in the middle of, you know, whatever, Nebraska, Montana or something, and we had a little bit of land, you know, maybe we're going out with it, but right here in the middle of our metropolises, we're going up.
8: Yeah, it's, it's too many people in such a small area. You already complain about all the traffic and people can't get here and there. And, you know, people, they tell you take public transportation, great, I'll take public transportation. But the problem is, if I'm taking public transportation, the same time everybody else is taking public transportation. I can't get there without taking two hours out of my day.
6: Well, see, that's what the problem here is. It takes it, me
8: 20 minutes to drive to work. But if I actually took public transportation, it and I've calculated it, would take me an hour and 15 minutes just because of the timing of everything else.
6: So if you guys know San Francisco at all, basically where um, China Basin is, all the way up through um, like 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th streets, all the way up to about, I think, 9th, all those lights were knocked out going all the way past Market Street.
10: That's insane.
6: And so when you're talking about, I think the, the, you'd have to check, you can ask Surrey, but I think the population here in San Francisco is nearly 400,000 people, another 300,000, or no, a million. Okay, a million people here in San Francisco. 400,000 people, I think, commute in here daily, Um, go in and out of the city daily. So that's 400,000. That's almost a half million people daily that commute um, and, and not any or the public transportation there was let me see BART was only only one station which was Montgomery Street was actually out but it didn't affect the actual BART line they just did not stop they ended up closing that station um, but the, but BART ran through so public transportation was fine. Um, And actually uh, commuting out of the city at the end of the workday five six o'clock wasn't bad. um, In some areas it didn't look that bad but the beginning of the day the morning commute was just wiped out Um, a lot of the shops downtown couldn't do anything so they had to close their doors no security no ways of ringing people up um, there were people that were um, staying in business a lot of the little mom-and-pop places the places that were doing business and using something like Apple Pay or Square um, that had access to charging people by credit card um,
7: oh,
11: so through their, through, yeah, yeah, through their, a their devices yeah. right
6: and they didn't need Wi-Fi because a lot of people were dependent upon their Wi-Fi, so a lot of people were using data services. Right, so but data what, services what kind,
8: of, what kind of shops were open? Because you, if you're talking about restaurants or whatever, were there, what are they cooking?
6: Right, certain, Absolutely right, certain things, power. right, certain places, like they had just made coffee, right? So coffee was sold out. Um, but if you're talking about that, yeah, they had to make food or whatever. So a lot of places like that, but then they were even crippled because the people that were trying to use um, things like data services. Everybody went from Wi-Fi to data, and all of a sudden, everybody's data slowed down. Why? Because you have everybody.
8: The iCloud can't hang with that much at once.
6: Well, it couldn't handle the infrastructure of so everybody 864, going way. Eight hundred sixty-four. Huh? Eight hundred sixty-four thousand people. people
8: in San Francisco last year.
6: So nearly a million. So um half of those people commute in and out of the city or at least there's there's uh, i think a total of half those people commute like there's like 3 or 400,000 people that commute in and out of the city every day um during yeah, the work week yeah there's an additional in and out yeah. well it, it's part of it is the residents of San Francisco that are going out of San Francisco for work other people that are coming into the city for work and i don't i, I can't remember exactly how it's broken down but that's a lot of people Okay. Um, I think they said at one point they even had like 50,000 Uber drivers. I'm like, wow, really? And when you look at when you go on to some street like Market Street or Mission and you just sit there and you count Uber stickers going by you, yeah, you, you lose track very quickly because the numbers are just going skyrocketing. Just da 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 da. You can't count them quick enough so when you have all those things happening and then so what i guess my main point is the infrastructure can't handle it look at what happened here we had a little fire at a substation a pg and e substation in in the um uh like uh, basically the lower tenderloin section upper uh civic center um where the pga substation they had some uh, insulation fire and it basically that's how many people are crippled now that was just one station knocked out that much stuff man um they said the same day they had a similar situation in new york city happen which is interesting the same thing happened in new york city on friday really yeah something very similar but it only wiped out certain people so you can look that up but, if you like. But it
8: was the same.
6: It was like a power outage, and it affected the morning commute. And I think with them, it actually affected their public transportation, which is their subway. So there was some panic there, um, and I'm and you're looking it up now. So
8: it says blackout hit L.A., New York, and San Francisco.
6: Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But <laughs> <laughs> if you were checking, if you were testing the waters, if you were putting your big toe in the end of the pool just to see how how cold it is, wouldn't you throw a couple test runs out there? Duh. So, kind of funny that it hit, you know, New York, LA, San Francisco. Yeah. Okay.
8: Three of our main
6: places outside Metropolis. And look and look at how it affected our business like uh the one business I actually saw there was like there was a cafe near um Union Square that said, "Oh yeah, we've already lost $10,000 worth of business and it hadn't even been noon." I was like, "Wow, you guys do $10,000 in business before noon? Holy shit. For one, don't go on the news. And tell everybody that's how much you make because you'll have a robber there the next week trying to rip off the, the bank receipts <laughs> to I think you're lying for insurance's, insurance reasons and if you were on the news and you said that I don't know I don't know what you was doing but that's a lot of, that's a lot of do me for a coffee shop
8: yeah, no kidding.
6: It was a, it was a co- it was a cafe. It was it wasn't just a coffee shop. It was a cafe. But still, well, if, they're that's making,
8: a, if they're making food, that's that's that could be possible. Maybe that's their normal.
6: That's early a lot. Time. That's a there's, lot of though.
8: So where I work in San Mateo, there's a little place across the street. had multiple different little restaurants come and go throughout the years that I've been there. Been there almost a decade. I think this is like the fourth or fifth restaurant.
6: Right. And
8: this little thing is only open at really, really, really early in the morning. Like, so early the sun ain't up yet. And then they're closed by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But on weekends, our office has to hire a security guard to keep their patrons from parking in our lot. Right. Because they are so slammed. Hmm. They're, they're, they don't have enough parking. And then... There's constantly, you know, they're constantly have a line out the door for their ordering and all their seats are constantly full and, and it's getting warmer and it's getting worse. So it's possible. Right. <laughs> and I mean, they just, they serve breakfast and lunch stuff and that's it. That's all they serve. But they are slam packed from the moment they're open till the moment they close.
6: Wow. Hmm. <laughs> And I've
8: never seen, we've never seen anybody do anything good in that little area.
6: Well, it's funny because some places it's all about location, location, location. And the other time it's about the actual business and the customer service and the product that they're selling or whatever the deal is. Sometimes they actually have a draw.
8: I, I, yeah. And I think maybe because there aren't many restaurants that are close to that you can go get something slightly fast. I mean, it's not a fast food restaurant, but they make stuff quick. Right. Um, and it's different than anything else we have there it's, you know yeah so I, right. I think it's
6: it, it's because they're efficient it's a popular it's popular because they're efficient and they're not ripping you off blind
8: and it's something different
6: there you go all right guys hey if you haven't got enough uh check us out definitely call in (laughs) spend some time with the edge 415-550-0511 we're gonna go off and do a little thing here um this goes out to somebody you know who you are oh wow i forgot we didn't even leave it up for you uh there we go how rude! That was funny. Um, I don't know why I didn't leave it up there, but uh, this one goes out on to a sick little kitten. Oh, meow, meow! 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 We'll be back after this. <laughs>
1: My ex-girlfriend wanted to fuck me with a strap on. What's your name? What's your name, yelling girl? Talk to me. Gia. Oh, are you with a guy? No. Do you need money? Are you just making noise for no reason? What's that? And I love you. That's how easy it is. Someone's getting chlamydia. Are you pretty? Alright, oh, good, because I fucking need a pretty girl. <laughs> How old are you? You might—I'm I'm 43 years old. I might be too old for you. 30. 30. Oh, you're too old for me. <laughs> but my ex girlfriend wanted to fuck me with a strap. All right. Um, She's like, I don't want to fuck you with a strap on. And I'm like, all right. Um, Cause I'm not homophobic at all. Uh, but she already had one, which kind of gave me the creeps. I'm waiting in the bed. She's in the other room. What size do you want? Oh, I don't know, whore. Uh, it's my first time. You might want to leave the Shaquille O'Neal and bring me the Jackie Chan. So I'm laying in bed, kind of propped up on my elbows. I'm naked. And she comes in with this little purple strap on and she kneels between my legs and she takes my ankles and she pushes me all the way onto my back, which almost killed the mood because my stomach fat and tits accordioned into each other. (laughs) If she would have moved my ankles back and forth, Danny boy would have played out of my crack and she's poking it against my ass. Not a lot, just enough to turn my asshole into parentheses. <laughs> and I was like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> And then she pushed a little harder, just a bit, and I was like, I have to shit, I have to shit, I have to shit. <laughs> and she said, and I quote, don't be such a faggot.
6: All right, we are back. That was from uh, Please Be Offended with Jim Norton. Of course, you should be offended. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And right before that, it was Leave My Kitten Alone by the Beatles from the anthology. (laughs) So there's that. Uh, We're back. Sorry for the little bit of dead air in between the two. I just didn't think you wanted to listen to the entire commercial. Just the website. All right. So what else we got going on here? Uh, 33 past the hour. Ooh. 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 So what else we got going on in our world we're looking now? Um, You were looking at stuff in the news, weren't you?
8: You Yeah, I was looking up all the... the LA, New York, and San Francisco.
6: So, it it, it is strange that all that stuff's happening, and we have to be aware. We don't have to be paranoid, but we got to be aware.
8: There's a difference, right? So, they were saying San Francisco got hit the worst.
6: Because it was like 90 plus thousand or something. Close to 100,000.
8: Yeah, so but in New York, they were worried because I guess the first place that had a power outage was one of the subway stations. Right. So, but then That's they got it back really fast, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, just like you were Panicked. saying, we're thinking, okay, well, maybe this is some kind of cyber attack or something like that. And because I guess in 2016 somebody posted some big old report that said, you know,
6: oh yeah, our, they did.
8: Are uh, you know everything's vulnerable? Well, duh. Yeah, and,
6: and then we, the, I
8: mean we already knew that, but hey, let's let's post specifically what you think is even more vulnerable. Okay, to the so
6: here's them. the problem with that guy. So the problem is, is that guy was like a an author, and he actually, if it's the same guy that I'm thinking about he even talked about the Oroville spillway and stuff so he said that there was certain vulnerabilities that we had and he tried to tell whoever but they just like swept him under the rug so he ended up making his own independent either book or review of it and that's why people are pissed off because now it's kind of like it's it's almost like the terrorist playbook 101 if you will and it's like okay well why did you do that well because nobody was fucking listening to me
8: Yeah, well...
6: And so, listen, because, like, shit like this. So, like, again, you shouldn't be paranoid, but you should be aware. There's a fine line.
8: Yeah, but if you're trying to get somebody to listen to you, you want the right people to listen to you. Publishing a book where the entire world is going to be able to pay attention is not the way to go because it, now you're giving the information to the wrong right, people right. But
6: this guy, free. This guy was actually paid. I want to say this guy was actually paid to actually do this for like I want to. Okay, so the one guy I'm thinking about actually did a report on the Oroville spillway and actually told the government because he was paid by the government to do this survey of the spillway and other things that were happening in California. And they said he goes, yeah, you better fix it. And they didn't do anything about it. And then years later, they're saying, Oh, look what happened. And he was like, I told you. So right, well, if you had listened to me, we wouldn't have gone through that.
8: Well, it had never, never from day one had passed the, um, inspections that right. said you know if if it had an earthquake yeah it wasn't they, gonna survive it it didn't even it wasn't even an earthquake that took the it yeah, out no, no, right no. it was our rain it couldn't even handle water which wow. is what it's supposed to be handling sorry yeah
6: so you know you know it's absolutely correct and and, and it's it's scary because um some of it is, is like that they i think they went in and they said oh well it's gonna cost x amount of million
8: yeah we can't so, fix it
6: and they said well we can't fix it and so they went back in and like reestimated it and said well is there something else you can do because they ended up making whatever there was the emergency spillway off to the side of it that ended up helping it or something and it still wasn't enough
8: well, they started using that. Well, yeah, but they actually they so had actually
6: built could, it or something, or no, they it was didn't. Already there. It was already there, but they yeah, never but intended on using they it. They
8: had or no something. intention on, on Ever never used, needing it, but right. they had to use it. Right. And it still didn't. I mean, it relieved pressure. Right. But not enough.
6: Right. I mean, we're it did talking it,
8: about when we're talking about a spillway. What, what is its purpose? To hold water. Right. If you don't make it. So that it will hold water in the area you're in and you got it. We're in California. You have to pay attention to earthquakes and things like that. If it's not going to pass its first inspection and you're already told from the very beginning on day one that, hey, if you have a major earthquake. Well, it wasn't an after What, what? You got to figure out some way to fix it. Otherwise, you know, this is going to happen. So, I mean. No,
6: it wasn't from the beginning that it it was. No,
8: I heard that it has never. I mean, I'm not positive because I didn't look it up yet, but I heard that it had never passed.
6: Oh, okay. So let's let's go right to
8: look it up. Yeah,
6: the Orville Dam. Oh, let's go to the whole thing instead of just reading a snippet. All right, so the uh, Oroville Dam, the Oroville Dam is an earth embankment dam on the Feather river, river east of the city of Oroville, California, in the Sierra Nevada foothills east of Sacramento Valley. At 770 feet high, it is the tallest dam in the U.S. and serves mainly a wa- uh, for water supply, hydroelectricity uh, generation, and flood control. The dam in Pounds Lake Oroville, the second-largest man-made lake in the state of California, capable of storing more than three point five million acres, acre feet of water. Uh, built by the California Department of Water Resources. Um, when was it built? I want real stuff. Um, construction began in nineteen sixty-one. The opening date was in nineteen sixty-eight um let me see if it actually has any um negative stuff planning construction river accident valve accident so there's been actually there's so <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was an accident oh9 13 15 and 17 So in '05, the dam was relicensed. In '09, the river valve had an accident. 13 and 15 spillway cracks and inspections, and then in 2017 we had the uh, the failure. Uh, Um, But I don't see anything
8: about the reports.
6: No, I don't see anything about about it not passing it the first time in 1951. The California State Engineers um, proposed that the Feather River Project, the direct predecessor of the SWP, which included a major dam. Anyway, it doesn't looks like they had to do it. um, Proposed strongly opposed. uh, They did it because of that and major flooding in the 1950s um, that prompted that. And so there was an an emergency flood control bill. that provided sufficient enough funding for the construction of the dam at Orville, um, regardless of whether it would be part of the SWP. So, so it, it 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 was built out of necessity. It wasn't just built because hey, but it was built out of necessity. They had to do it. Christmas flood of 1964 so that river actually has a lot of history um, even in 1963 they had uh, workers had poured uh, 252,000 cubic yards of concrete that comprised a 128 foot section of that dam wow And so if it was built wow what year was that so anyway it looks like it's had issues um that whole area has been plagued and they've had to use that so and it's one of the biggest ones so okay second largest in california oh man-made river so anyway enough about that we've talked about that now let's talk about some other news what north korea north korea we're next um or they're next um so russia's getting mad uh so they're getting poised and ready um to see where we're at north korea um actually has now a third american being held um i said against his will for lack of a better term he was actually trying to leave north korea and was detained um another one was a journalist and another one was an older man that was a i want to say he was working so there's three people that are being detained american citizens that are being detained in north korea they've had f- uh, failed missile attempts um and 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 we're not going to let them. I know for a fact that Trump is not going to let them uh, succeed at firing a missile. Also, it looks like Russia is starting to get poised and do some stuff. So I'm a little worried. North Korea looks like um, a big threat, even though they don't have um, they don't have much success with missiles. Um, they have nuclear stuff so we could be looking at thermal nuclear war on some level um it's not like i don't think they they don't have the same kind of like um infiltration as someone like isis or something where they're gonna bring the war to us but they're probably gonna do whatever they can and they're gonna get aligned with whoever and then trump he he's he's one of those
8: figure it out once huh they only they only need to figure it out once
6: well, yeah, all they have to do is figure it out once or not even figure it out once. What if they just try to fire one off and it doesn't work? You know, it's not just like a firecracker that went off. And so, you know, it gets launched and it doesn't make it. It's going to take somebody else out and start nuclear war here on Earth. And and Trump is not, you know, he's got his hands on the nuclear football. And so he's 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 ready to go. Um, I'm worried about that. So, and he's already showed that he has no control when it comes to um, to uh, the normal rules of engagement when it comes to war. He's supposed to go to Congress. He didn't with Syria. He didn't go with uh, the the strike on uh, Afghanistan either. So, what's going to stop him from doing this? There, um, he also sent out a fleet. Um, going towards North Korea, but they were actually headed in the wrong direction. He actually sent the, our U S fleet to go cover the waters towards North Korea, but it was shown in air that he sent them towards where Australia. So we actually had a fleet of, of, uh, uh, naval ships headed towards Australia instead of uh, North Korea. And somebody Which I don't understand. Do they actually get, do they get their Google Maps from Trump? I don't understand.
8: Yeah, I don't understand because why would he say, okay, there's got to be something wrong in that story there because our government is not that stupid to go, okay, Mr. President, you said you wanted to cover this, but we're actually sending them there and somebody wouldn't fucking tell him? Really? I don't, I, I have a hard time with that one. You, you can't tell me the whatever military personnel that has to be there. Trump's not, can't make, pick up the phone and call the air and tell them, okay, this is where you're going.
6: Yeah. Let's actually military get, personnel I'll give you needs a, I'll give you, a good, I'll give you a you can't good. tell
8: me that that military personnel doesn't know what he's doing.
6: Okay. So let's go to the New York post okay The New York Post is well actually Claire, the post Claire I don't I don't, I, don't I, I actually don't trust the post either, so I'm not gonna go to the post. Wow, Fox News there's some really shitty people. um
8: I don't trust that's the problem with the news. That's like I think it was Brian Crow and I were were saying people I believe that if you're a newscaster, Your personal opinion should not be put out there. Everybody's got a personal opinion. I do taxes, but my personal opinion's got nothing to do with your tax return. The only thing that has to do with your tax return is whether or not the law says I can take it or not, period. And if the law tells me I can't take it, I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry, that's not valid. I can't take that. Here is why. So what'd you find
6: um see i was uh, i wanted to get a news a credible news source because the first 20 pages were all bullshit newspapers um okay so let's go straight to cnn and see what they got on in here hold on let's do this
10: incident uh, which is being blamed on miscommunication undermine the trust that the american public needs to have uh, in the military and in the commander-in-chief the president of the united states or is this simply uh, a little blunder
9: it certainly doesn't help, Wolf. You know the one thing that the American people and really the international world at large need from the President of the United States is a level of credibility uh, to ensure both our allies and our foes that when we speak, we mean it. Now, I happened to be um, in Japan and South Korea last week with some of my Republican and Democratic colleagues when the word came that they were sending the Carl Vinson to the Sea of Japan. Uh, it was it happened while we were there, and I can tell you that it rattled a lot of people there uh, because no two countries are more vulnerable to a potential attack by North Korea than South Korea and Japan. And what this incident highlights, at least to me, is how important it is for us to reassure our allies that we will be there for them when they need us and that our word is our bond. Uh, So I, I think that you know the administration, you can't just write this off as a mistake. They can't afford to make mistakes like this.
10: Well, did you and your Republican and Democratic colleagues, when you were in Korea and Japan the other day, did you have any idea that this battle, this this strike force, the Vincent strike force, was actually moving closer towards Australia, away from the region, even as we were all given the impression it was moving towards the Korean peninsula? Did you have any clue at all that the statements were incorrect?
9: None at all. And, in fact, when we were there, we met with uh, the prime, prime minister Abe, and we met with the foreign minister, who is now the head of South Korea, and a lot of other officials in the area, military people as well. And these, these statements have consequences. When you say something is happening, the, these words come from the president of the United States, and they are given in an atmosphere that is already fraught with a lot of tension, especially in the area we were uh, last, last week. Uh, you can't make mistakes like that.
6: Okay, so basically what it says is, as the White House was uh, talking about sending naval the naval armada to the Korean peninsula, uh, the very ships in question were on their way to participate in a military exercises in the Indian Ocean, some 35,000 miles away or I'm sorry 3500 miles away in the opposite direction a senior administration official blamed a miscommunication between the Pentagon and the White House over reports that the aircraft carrier has not made its way to the sea of japan also known as the east sea as an expected show of force in, in north korea um, the official blamed the mix-up on a lack of follow-up with the commanders overseeing the movements of the USS Carl Vincent aircraft carrier. Um, so basically, they were. They were totally headed in the wrong direction.
8: Okay, again, but that's...
6: It wasn't necessarily Trump, but that's, it, was, that's a, a, that it was a miscommunication. was a miscommunication
8: somewhere, but Trump is not the... The Trump is not blame. the one who says, hey, this is ex- specifically where the troops are going because y- y- he says where he wants them to go, but he doesn't actually, you know. Right, he doesn't there, actually. There's, a, there's many middlemen in between that.
6: Oh, so he doesn't. he's not the one that actually prints up the Google Maps and hands, <laughs> no. hands it to the commanders. Gotcha. Okay, so, but then when we look at stuff like, um, um, hold on. I can't even type in.
8: Yeah, there's always middlemen. Um. What are you thinking?
6: Um, when he was actually, when he was talking about the, the, the raid on Syria... He actually mistakenly said the wrong thing um, to a reporter with CNN mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. about which country he was sitting at the
0: table. We had finished dinner. We're now having dessert. And we had the most beautiful piece of chocolate cake that you've ever seen. And President Xi was enjoying it. So what happens, is, I said, we've just launched 59 missiles heading to Iraq. Well, you're headed to Syria. Yes, heading toward Syria. And I want you to know that.
6: So, <laughs> when your commander-in-chief can't even get it right. I know. Okay, so it's just another thing. I'm just saying it's, it's kind of screwed up from the top all the way down. But you're right. There's, there's so many fail-safes. And to blame Trump for our armada going in the wrong direction is kind of misguided.
8: I would agree. Okay. I agree.
6: Okay. And, so we can't blame not, everything on Trump, is what you're saying? Is we can't blame everything on Trump?
8: No. Not no, everything. Okay. No.
6: All right. Gotcha.
8: And that, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with all of his crap because I really don't. But right. I, I have a hard time blaming him for things that I logically can go. Yeah, he, that can't have come just from him
6: no i I, I mean right the
8: the whole purpose of having a military with you know levels of you you have to follow this person that person whatever that you know whatever lieutenants sergeants whatever they're called right right there's somebody generals or the whatever right there's so there's a hierarchy that you have to go through
6: Yeah, sure, absolutely. There's a a, a chain of command.
8: Trump is on the top of that totem pole.
6: Right, he's the top, he's the commander-in-chief. The
8: bottom of the totem pole went to the wrong place. Who on that totem pole screwed up? Right. Who the hell knows? But you can't blame that on one person. Well, the funny thing is... And that's that's my whole point. You can't blame everything on him when there's a whole bunch of fucking middle people. Well,
6: and the one thing is they were blaming the one, which is the Carl Vinson, which is a specific carrier. And so... Did the captain or the the person, the head of that ship, look at the first mate and say, "Okay, set your set your uh, your your graph for you know the uh, Sea of Japan," or did he say, "Head for Australia"? <laughs> and then how do they get their yeah, bearing? and all? Their, uh, yeah, which coordinates did they? use? Which coordinates and and, and who laid this? <laughs> yeah, where was where was that miscommunication? I don't think it was between the White House and the Pentagon I think it was between the captain and the whatever because I guess when you get an order you're just supposed to follow it you're not supposed to question it so if they go head to Australia you better go to fucking Australia
8: yeah but when you're talking <laughs> when you're talking to the president of the United States and he's telling you to do some strategic move that you may look like um we're getting ready to piss somebody else off you your job is to fucking question him. Are you sure? Right. This is where we're fucking going? Because we have, we have major fucking issues everywhere else. Why are we going here? That's his fucking job. Right. So yeah, if, if that was the miscommunication, if Trump did really actually say that, and he didn't question it, well, then there's your fucking error. It's right. not Trump. It's the guy who didn't fucking question him.
6: That oh, for sure. Um, all right, guys.
8: You don't follow an idiot down the road unless you're a lemming.
6: <laughs> All right. Um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit of music, a little bit of comedy. Uh, it will be the top of the hour. Then we'll come back. Talk to you guys then. Um, what we're going to do is a little bit of Eagles right here. Ooh. And uh, here we go. We'll be back after this. <laughs>
12: I don't think I'm a bad person for making that joke. Don't think I'm a bad guy for saying that. I'm a good guy. Like, I would never hit a woman. You know? I would never hit a woman. Even if she had a knife or a stutter. <laughs> It's not how I do business. In fact, I might be one of the greatest guys of all time. Like I've got a kid in Africa. Yeah, I've got a kid in Africa that I feed, that I clothe, that I school, that I inoculate for 75 cents a day, which is practically nothing compared to what it costs to send them there. (laughs) You guys are... You guys are doing great so far. I love performing in Chicago. The only weird thing about performing in Chicago, for me, is after all my shows, everybody just wants to do drugs with me. I'd be like, Anthony, that was hilarious, I got a joint on me, let's go smoke it. (laughs) Hey Jesselnick, amazing job, as usual. (laughs) I've got mushrooms in my backpack, let's eat them. (laughs) And I've got to keep telling them the same thing I'm gonna tell you guys right now. Hey assholes, I'm fucking famous. (laughs) Give it to me.
5: Never lets perspiration odor come between friends. Ordinary soap leaves thousands of bacteria on your skin, sort of like this. And these are the cause of perspiration odor. Dial with AT7 removes most of these bacteria, not just from under arms, but all over. Dial protects you long after your daily bath. Never lets perspiration odor come between friends.
2: She likes people, people like her.
7: Like
5: dial. Aren't you glad you use Dial? Don't you wish everybody did? Here's great news about two wonderful Baraxo hand cleaning products. First, Baraxo powdered hand soap in a new plastic decorator container. Looks like this on the grocery shelf and like this on your bathroom or kitchen sink. Perfect for everyday hand washing. Baraxo washes hands cleaner and faster than bar soaps can. And here's exciting new Baraxo waterless hand cleaner. Watch. Just a little dab. Removes paint, soil stain, grease, shoe polish, or wax. In fact, new Baraxo waterless hand cleaner removes the toughest dirt or stain. Gets hands clean and smooth fast, anytime. In the workshop, camping on the road anywhere, without water, what a convenience. That's new Baraxo Waterless Hand cleaner, And remember, Baraxo Powdered Hand Soap in the attractive new plastic container. Both at your grocers,
11: now. We'll do, we'll do, Belle Beauty Bar, we'll do things for you no soap can do.
2: No soap so mild, yet clean so clean as Belle Beauty Bar. And Vell leaves no soapy bathtub ring.
11: Things Vell Soap can do for you, Vell Bar will do.
0: You've got the softest skin in the whole wide world.
11: Suddenly, the soft sex is getting softer. Washing with new, creamier Cammé. A soap that's more like cream. Looks more like cream. Feels more like cream. New, Creamier Camay. Softer skin in the whole wide world. Some girls think it's enough to be clean. I like to feel more than clean. That's why I use Camay. Camay leaves my skin feeling clean and creamy. Camay has cold cream in it. Lingering cold cream. When you rinse off the soap, a trace of the cream lingers. You'll be clean and creamy all over with
9: Kameh. Fashion says your complexion is everywhere. Today, you want to look more than clean. You want to look clean and creamy all over. That's why I bathe with the The soap with lingering cold cream. When you rinse, a trace of the cream lingers. You're more than clean. You look clean and creamy all over. Your complexion is everywhere. Keep it looking clean and creamy with Camay.
5: So long, Rosie. See you next trip, fellas. How you doing, Eddie? Oh, hi, Eddie. Hi.
9: What's new at the soap factory?
5: For you, Rosie.
9: Wow,
5: a whole bar of soap. Now, wait a minute. Come here. This is super lathering, eh? Get a load of that lather. Feel it. Oh, it has twice the lather of regular soap. I feel it. And twice the cream. I feel it. Imagine all that lather and all that cream making you feel soft all over.
9: I feel it. I feel it.
5: You do.
0: soft all over
10: caution you're about to enter the no spin zone the factor begins right now hi i'm bill o'reilly i hope you're having a terrific evening The subject of tonight's talking points memo is the scandal everyone's been talking about all week, a scandal no one thought I'd have the guts to address head-on about the shocking allegations of abuse of power that have been leveled against the Obama administration. (laughs) Let's bring in Fox News investigative reporter Laura Dewey with an update. What's that? Laura no longer works at the company? What, did she get the check? Okay, fine i'm told we do have fox news analyst malia zimmerman who's normally in studio but is now reporting live via satellite from exactly 500 yards away (laughs) malia great to have you Uh uh-huh malia you spoke to former obama security advisor susan rice and you told her i believe she illegally leaked the names of trump's people to the media correct Uh,
5: yes and she denied it
10: so you asked her point blank and she said no Okay, but when, you, when she said no, what was her vibe?
9: Her vibe? Yeah,
10: like when she said no, did her eyes say yes? Sometimes they'll do that.
9: No, they just said no. Okay, but
10: was it a firm no, or was it more like convince me? Oh,
9: man,
11: uh, can we do that thing we talked about?
10: All right, terrific reporting, Malia. Thanks for having me, Bill. We're gonna take a quick break. As you know, uh, 60 of our sponsors have pulled their ads from the program. No word as to why yet. We thank the following sponsors for sticking with us. The O'Reilly
6: Factor is brought to you by Dog Cocaine. Turns out you can teach a dog new tricks. And one of them is doing cocaine. The O'Reilly Factor is also sponsored by Prescription Strength Eloquist. It's Cialis for horses. Get your horses boned up and see what happens with Eloquist, the official horse aphrodisiac of the factor. And finally, the movie Chips. Chips. Oops.
10: Very proud of all of our sponsors. Now this is hard for me to discuss. But I've also been to the news this week. Apparently, several women have come forward and accused me of offering them exciting opportunities here at Fox News. (laughs) Beyond that, the details are a bit fuzzy, but one man was brave enough, one man, to come into my defense, a man who was unimpeachable on all female issues, and now he's here tonight. People, please welcome the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. Good evening, Bill. It's so wonderful to be here on The Factor. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan as well. And it's an honor to have you here. And can I just say, Mr. President, you look even better on TV. (laughs) I know. I do. I look fantastic. And can I tell you something? I actually see a lot of myself in you, Bill. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. President. And thank you for coming to my defense last week, even though no one asked you to. And you even went as far as saying, quote, Bill O'Reilly did nothing wrong. That's correct. And that's based upon? Hunch, just a loose hunch. (laughs) So you're not familiar with the facts of the case. I mean, I'm more familiar with this case than I am with saying care. but I didn't really look into it much, no. I was too busy being super presidential by bombing a bunch of (laughs) (laughs) I deeply appreciate your support on behalf of all women And I'd like to thank you, Donald Trump, for promoting Sexual Assault Awareness Month. That's right, Bill. It's a subject that's near and dear to my hand. (laughs) Thank you for stopping by the factor, Mr. President, and keep up the good work. Wait, is that a joke? Excuse me? A lot of people have been saying, keep up the good work, but then I found that it was a joke. (laughs) I was not making a joke, Mr. President, I promise. I'm back, baby. (laughs) Don't forget to check out my new hit book, Old School, Life in the Sane Lane. Terrific title. It's about having great morals and values, and it couldn't have come at a better time. I'm Bill O'Reilly, and thanks for watching The Factor.
6: there you go so actually bill o'reilly actually gets the boot last week from uh fox he had one of the leading the biggest show on fox he ended up getting because all of his sponsors got pulled um he definitely felt the heat um he made it all through all the different talk shows um or at least he did but i mean he got roasted through every one of the talk shows everybody from trevor noah to to kimmel to whoever they tore him a new one um even the, even the even his um even the person that took his his personality and made it his 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 um his career for a number of years stephen colbert um paid his homage if you will to bill o'reilly this week um but it was he it was a reported that he actually uh got uh 52 million dollars when he left Fox
8: severance that was severance. severance
6: that was his severance pay 52 <laughs> that <was laughs> million
8: that's basically to say so we no longer want you here how much do we get to pay you so that you leave yeah so Fairly so, so,
6: so does the lawsuits follow him or now can plaintiffs still f- f- um, sue Fox I guess anybody can sue anybody for any reason so I guess right. they can still sue Fox for condoning his actions right but now they're really if gonna impro- now they're really gonna
8: prove
6: well now plaintiffs that that
8: particular action whatever they're suing for that that particular action was condoned
6: well people now are probably probably whoever's gonna sue bill o'reilly is gonna sue bill o'reilly they might also counter sue or also sue fox but wow now he's on his own, but he's he's got 52 million in his back pocket, plus whatever he had prior to that, which I'm thinking he had a couple million, you know.
8: Yeah, he's got to pay taxes.
6: Yeah. Ooh.
8: You don't want the IRS on your back.
6: 52 million dollars. Ooh, that's gonna show up on his uh, whatever 1099 or his his tax form at the end of the year on how much he made for the year. Hmm. Well,
8: if it's a severance, it probably went through payroll already. <laughs> put that to hefty yeah. payroll to-
6: <laughs> yeah but that's probably not what he netted though probably right
8: oh no that's gross
6: that's gross yeah, yeah so he got about twelve dollars when he was done <laughs> <laughs> so that's good all right cool um let me see here i'm you gonna maintain
8: that lawyer now <laughs>
6: maintain that lawyer now all right patrick carlin's calling in very soon so i'm gonna get um what i wanted to get going here for him and it's gonna take only two and a half minutes for that oh really that's all well then
8: you gotta wait and play that when he's on so he can actually hear it
6: okay so um but I wanna put something on before here we go um no but that was that's kinda what I wanted to do Um,
8: gotta change it up
6: gotta change it up
8: Today's been all about changing everything up.
6: Yes, it has. You have to. You really have to. Thanks for uh, sticking with us guys. Definitely down tune us on a uh, download us on down tune us. <laughs> down tune us, download us on iTunes, uh, The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumba crew. Um, you can also go like us on Facebook at the Edge of Insanity, follow us on Twitter at Edge of Insanity 7, as well as Instagram us, that's right at Mr. Edge of Insanity. Um, do that thing. And then you can also go check me out at paulbrumbaugh.com as well as my Facebook fan page. And if you go like any of these Facebook pages, that's where we give away tickets to local comedy shows. Um, also, if we have other giveaways, um, some of our guests, um, like I think a, uh, we're going to have a comedian on. It's going to give away one of his shirts and his book. Um, so things like that. If we're giving away things like that, uh, we also have an author on in a couple weeks. If we give away any of those things, it's usually through our Facebook pages. Uh, We do ask you to go like those and um, share those wherever possible. So um, what we're going to do is I'm going to throw a little something on for Patrick. We'll be back in literally less than two minutes. Uh, I know he's with us now, so I'm going to go ahead and play a little something. This is a little DJ mix, and uh, we'll have to see what he thinks about this. We'll be back with the 420 shout out in just less than two minutes.
0: Now I want to do a little something here to take a liberty. Uh, this is a piece I've never read before. I love. What I do is I, I write things real hard. Write and write and write and write and write, and write, and write There is a point. Is there a point to all this? Let's find a point. Is this real? Real? Real?
11: versus is this just a ride? The world is like a ride. We think it's real. We think it's real. It's a ride. We can change it.
6: it is 4 or I'm sorry it is 421 on the right coast and it is as far as I'm concerned 421 on the left coast coming to us usually live from WDST in upstate New York that's right Woodstock but right now you know what he's doing he's just chilling out in his home studio give it up for our boy Patrick Carlin everybody go yes
3: hey hey how you doing who's out there besides you and Christine and Brandon
6: no so it's just Christine and I
3: wow no Brandon
6: no Brandon no kitten
3: oh just the two of you
6: just the two of us
3: oh there you go man that's fun
6: so yeah. what's happening with you is it just you and Marlene
3: yeah yeah we're here we're cool cool and, uh, I've been just watching everything and I loved what uh, you know I don't know what that was but I was back in the summer of love listening to that <laughs>
6: So, so it's the funny things that I find online. So this was a mix-up. This was a mash-up between Bill Hicks and your brother, George Carlin, and they called it the Big Electron. And oh,
3: that's, I didn't know the, the, the name the Big Electron. That's funny because George loved that. You know, I I told him, I, he said, oh, that's fucking great, man. And he was with the Big Electron. <laughs> hundred percent
6: and i thought wow that's really good because they got some bit where he's actually talking about it and i was like oh, okay awesome that's oh, great for
3: you for finding that paul and because i'm going to tell you something uh, i like uh, spooky shit that, that just happens on its own like when he does radio dial it's on one of the old albums there and he does all those great radio sounds as you would go from station to station and all and he comments on the various frequencies of the uh, back, you know, in the old days. So
6: and that wasn't on FM and AM. That was on another one. See, it yeah, was, it in was th- on another one, right. I
3: think. And uh, it was. Uh, I can look it up here.
6: I'll, I'll look it up too. Go ahead. See who beats okay. each.
3: but it was. Uh, it was so wonderful because when he g- he says, and you get down to the hopelessness of fifty four, and he says, and then it stops. And who knows what good stuff is going on down on 420 years, decades,
6: right. before it ever
3: occurred, you know?
6: Exactly.
3: Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. And uh, like our anniversary being 420, and that happened, you know, in 1957. Right. Uh, just because my senior didn't want any devil living in sin. Uh hmm and uh it was uh it's i like shit like that i really do there was a thing that uh i was into that i got george and he in the all you got to do is mention something to him and he would go ape shit and you know find out every fucking thing in the world about it and i i, I told him how i dug 23 and it was just a happenstance that that that, that novel i wrote about uh Nineteen fifty-one about Korean wartime and a guy stationed in Michigan and shit. Uh, the highway there that, that you would hitch was Highway Twenty-Three. You know
6: exactly. <laughs> yeah. There you and go. I had
3: always been into Twenty-Three from before that.
6: It's about numerology. There's a lot yeah. of things that fall into that. So to answer your question earlier it was the LP um, that Radio Dial was from was an evening with Wally Londo featuring Bill Slazlo. Yeah. Okay, and so it's only a minute and 52 seconds. Um, here we go. Check this oh, out. love
4: it. Here we go. We have also met on the AM radio dial, especially in the middle of it. On the large radios, all of the zeros are there 700, 800. On small radios, it says 6. <laughs> Connell Seven, eight, nine, one, oh, one, 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 four, one, one, six. The big radio set up. But all of them, those stations between 600 and 800, were always widely spaced apart. (laughs) But always widely spaced, and they had announcers. well-modulated speaking voices, they always had serious subject matter. In fact, they never had music. There's no music between 600 and 900 on the radio. It's all talking, man. The only music you hear is an occasional national advertising jingle. But you get down past them, you get towards 600. But you get down to the hopelessness of 54 And you wonder why it ends there. What kind of good stuff are we missing on 420? <laughs> Nowhere to go but up. And up, up, uh, it's, it's, it's watched. <laughs> nah. Thank you.
6: I've learned never to step on a man's applause.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh let me tell you, man. Uh, we listened to the baseball in uh, Spanish and shit. And it was great. And I got to tell you, here's a funny vibe. When I was going down, uh, Dennis flew and Kelly flew in from the coast for that award. The uh, Mark Twain American Humor Award. Right. Or Ke- Kennedy Award. and uh, Yeah,
6: the Kennedy Center yeah, honors beautiful, right beautiful
3: beautiful award i was so happy that he got that and got in with the good company that's there and it was so well deserved and uh we were uh, as i was going down i drove down uh so i'm listening you know you're popping around from station to station and i couldn't get jack shit i'm getting close to washington dc and it's all just fucking bullshit stations and uh, I got a fucking Spanish station. Ah, oh. number one, the music was right on. I know, you know, my Spanish <coughs> is extremely fucking limited because I didn't do my homework and shit. But I did have a lot of street shit. And uh, I just got into the station, and it was beautiful. The whole rest of the trip was okay, and the advertising, you know. I, Julio lines and Julio, blah, blah, Ah, just fucking, uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Anyway, that's a nice vibe.
6: It is, isn't it? Yeah. So now we were, we talked on Easter. We did do that. Yep. A um, lot of kind of weird stuff. We were just talking about Bill O'Reilly. What do you think about Bill?
3: Oh, a total fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Absolutely. And a fucking cretin. Right. And, uh... You know, uh, I, I've known punks like this, you know, and uh, he's just a big bullshitter. And uh, I'm sure that uh, any of these people that said shit about him uh, had shit to say about him. <laughs> you know, people don't make that fucking shit up, uh, not, not by herds. Well, he's got about six different ones and they were paying off settlements and everything. And uh, he still gets away with 25 grand, you know. And, uh, but I, I'm always, Oh no, he got, what did he
6: get? He got $52 million. Well, whatever he, sever- he got
3: is too fucking much.
6: Well, yeah. $52 million when he, that was his severance pay from Fox.
3: Yeah. But he's got millions of fucking people that are into him.
6: Oh yeah. No, he had the, he had the number one show on Fox there. Absolutely. When they man. fired him, he was, oh, yeah. except his numbers were dipping.
3: Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta remember that, uh, you think because, you know, you guys out there, and, and us back here, and all and the people we hang with, and the people we meet, and you're talking to musicians, you're talking to fucking artists, you're talking to, you know, you're talking to people that are up on what's shaking. And, and uh, what do I say to a guy who tells me the fucking earth is five thousand years old? Where, where the fuck does the conversation go from there, man? Right. You know, we're done. We're, we're fucking done, man. It was, you know. Uh, some people are just on a lunatic fucking trail. And like I remember, uh, we went to dinner with a couple in the Yellow Pages that you're supposed to go. And right after dinner, the guy opens his desk and takes out a bunch about the Zionist fucking banking Jewish international but had serious conspiracy and shit. And I, I, I said, What do you really believe this shit? And I'm supposed to mingle mentalities with this fucking lunatic you know, and get to know them because they, have, they like everybody to be like family at the fucking phone company. Fuck those people. Fuck that corporate bullshit. I'll give you your nine to five that you got coming and tell me what you want on Friday, how many fucking ads you want sold. And if I don't sell enough ads, you can tell me to go fuck myself and I'll be out the door. I've had that happen too. <laughs> and uh, it's, I don't care, quit or be fired. Or move along, but don't bullshit me, man. And uh, that's well, and if
6: somebody's life. giving me a severance check of fifty-two million, maybe you know uh, 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 that's a lot of seed money, dude. That's all, well, that's how that's that's, that's just go. That's like uh, thank you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Have a good moronic. day. It's fucking moronic, man.
6: Well, like he's like a home run hitter for like a major league baseball team with that kind of money, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. In his prime, in his prime, with that kind of money.
3: Yeah, and it shows you how fucking. Jive, the whole situation is, man.
6: Well, they had already paid, I think, thirteen million out in uh, damages and settlements. In
3: settlements. That's where you say, "Well, yeah, I, did, I don't think I bothered uh, your niece, but uh, what the hell? Here's five million anyway."
6: Right. Yeah.
3: That, you know. Uh, you know what I'm saying, Christine?
8: Yeah. Well.
6: What's your thoughts? You're holding back there.
8: Well, you know, it's just the end of busy season for me, so I'm not quite sure I'm totally caught up on everything. So I don't know what all of the issues well, here, against him are.
3: Here's one, Christine. What's-her-name was on the, just a little while ago, Marlene, and I saw her, Allison Camarada, And she's on in the morning with Chris Cuomo on CNN called New Day, and it's on Opposite Morning Joe on MSNBC. And we click back and forth, you know, uh, depending on what kind of a scumbag they're interviewing on each channel. Uh, We don't watch guys we don't like. (laughs) And uh, anyway... What's her name? Camarado? To an interview lady, I think it was Frederica, I don't know, but she was talking about when she was at Fox and he sexually harassed her. He said, you'll need some closer supervision or some kind of bullshit and uh, we won't be able to do it right here, you know, however we'll have to do it at my hotel, you know. What, what the fuck? She says, boy, I never went to that hotel. But, well, I mean, that's, that's... Oh. You know, and he's the big boss, and you're hoping that you're going to get your work reviewed nice. Don't you think of that as harassment, Christine?
8: Okay, yeah, absolutely. So I've, I had, I had somebody come into my office once and I was I think I was oh my gosh how old was I 22 and one of the top guys you know I think he was number three in the hierarchy of the company came in and commented on the sweater I was wearing oh yeah and after work I went and I clocked my little self out and I went into his office where number two guy was sitting with him and I closed the door and I looked at number two guy and I said, you don't mind if I close this door, do you? And he looked up and he said, absolutely not. And I turned to the other guy and I told him point blank, you ever comment on a piece of clothing I wear again, I will sue you. Ah. (laughs) I turned around and I walked out.
3: That's wonderful he apologized
8: the next morning and then never came into my office again
3: there you go oh yeah oh yeah man you know that's uh that's a wonderful <laughs> man, This
6: shows you it's a different world for guys uh, and i'm starving for affection <laughs> if you like my sweater i'd smile
3: oh <laughs> uh, well, for guys uh
6: it's a different thing it is it's, it's a, a different, different thing, thing. Make, so make, like you were talking about that uh allison camerota camerota yeah, and, and that was the one that um, that says that Roger Ailes from Fox. Yeah, Roger Ailes. Yeah, the one that the one that was running Fox. It was Fox.
3: News. It was she. Her, her ass at Fox. Right. Yeah. yeah, Roger Ailes, and he was like uh, above fucking uh, the other guy. Oh, really?
6: So that that's interesting. Oh yeah. Oh
3: yeah. It's a bullshit thing. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, a chick has got to know her shit and be on guard at, <clears throat> at all times among those fucking animals, okay, man. My last guess. Right? And uh, it's always been that way. And uh, they're they, they're capable of of taking care of themselves in most cases. Like this Allison girl, she didn't. <laughs> she quickly told him, you know, that ain't happening, Jack. And. Uh, you know it's a it's a wonderful well it's okay they're making more people aware of
6: well i i'm glad too so certain things about our society have advanced to a point that yay i'm glad that women are able to talk about these kind of offenses these things happening in the workplace and in in public and all these other things even reporting more crimes as they're happening um and 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 I think in some areas, actually, crime has dropped in some areas because of oh, things yeah. like this. Because people are starting to go, oh, they're starting to be, and way in other places, they haven't. But anyway, moving forward. But I'm glad, glad that we're moving forward in that direction, at least in those kind of things.
12: Yeah. And
3: by the way, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking weird man. You know, if the guys are out doing a construction gig, and one of those chicks comes by in a fucking. Bursting out of her fucking halter in like see-through shorts and shit. Uh, you know, uh, everybody knows why everybody's there. Am I am I losing you on that, Christine? No. Oh, by,
6: by I, the I way. I
8: don't walk by a construction site bursting right. out of the seams.
6: By the right. way, just to let you guys know, uh, we have Mike Spiegelman join us. Jim. Hey, Patrick, how are you? It's good to how be here. How are you, Mike?
8: What's going on?
6: Oh, uh, just hanging out in the sun.
8: Oh.
3: Uh-huh.
6: Came in. Beautiful day out there, right? Gorgeous day. Yeah, there you go. So he's getting ready for his show after us. Um, and you, you've talked to Mike before, but I just thought he'd tell you. He just walked in the room.
3: Mike, it's always 420 when you're
6: on the scene, Mike. There you go. <laughs> 24-7. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's he's my he's my partner in crime when it comes to 420. Everybody else kind of usually leaves me hanging by myself. Even oh. Kitten and uh, Mistress and Brandon, they just kind of go, okay, do your thing. So I'm just going to do my thing. Um, but no, that. That's it. It's scary, but so I'm glad things are getting reported like that. Some things are really scary, and and that are happening. But but at least that, at least women are coming forward more often. Um, uh, yeah. Than not. But
3: I always watch out for those sanctimonious motherfuckers. You know, a uh, guy who's big at going to the eleven o'clock mass and shit like that, and oh, oh I'm a I'm a I'm a model guy and shit. You know. <laughs> And a lot of those preachers, I love them like Jimmy Swaggart and guys like that. And uh, when they stumble, it's, it's wonderful to see because they're so busy preaching what everybody else should be doing. And they're, they're fucking up by the numbers, man. So, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's pleasant to watch that happen
6: no it is I mean, like I said with it some ways our society is really jacked up like we've talked about political correctness gone to the extreme right oh yeah and, oh yeah and, and now it, but, but like I said it, certain things have come or are starting to come of age which is good um, yeah
3: you know I'm all for the right thing being done for everybody but I'm don't take things to such a fucking degree you know that the bees are overworked because I'm eating their fucking honey uh <laughs> You
8: know, no, no, they're happy. You're eating their honey. They need you space. You your ass. <laughs> they <laughs> make it a space. It's what for they Patrick. do. <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, you know what I'm saying. It's what they do. That's that's their function in life. If you don't eat their honey, where are they gonna make more honey? There you go. I love that. I love it's ju- that. It's it's just like um, when you have pack dogs, you know, sled oh, dogs. Yeah. You can't have a sled dog as an individual dog in a home no. he he needs another sled dog that you know yeah. it, they're the same mentality type of thing or you need to give that dog some shit to do yeah he he needs to have a purpose because that's what they're ingrained that's what they're bred for
3: yeah 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 oh yeah that's so funny that you said that Christine because when we were living in Vermont back in the early 70s mm-hmm. uh we wanted a pet, and we went by and saw a lady who trained sled dogs and shit. Mm-hmm. And she had this puppy, and he was half Malamute and half Great Pyrenees. And uh, he wanted to said, work. He will not pull the sled. He don't want to do shit. And we said, we'll take him. <laughs>
7: oh,
3: yeah. yeah. He was wonderful.
6: All right, so here's my question for you. What, what's the flavor? What flavor are you smoking today, Patrick? This, By the way, this 420 shout-out is being brought to you by the fine people at the Pioneer Saloon. That's right, the Pioneer Saloon. Um, let me see here in Woodside, 2925 Woodside Road in Woodside, California. They have entertainment, I think. five nights of the week including tonight they have an open jam night uh, which is usually packed Uh, probably about 30 musicians go through this from 6 to 8 this evening check them out we do the show every Tuesday from 8 to 11 out there it's Roadhouse uh, comedy and variety show again check them out it's the Pioneer Saloon on Facebook check them out the Pioneer Saloon in Woodside Um, for more information check out our page at the the edge of insanity on facebook but anyway more back to you so that was my little plug there oh
3: jammers man jammers i love it i love that best of all right and uh when you're watching the real pros they are so slick at slipping in and slipping out and uh oh, being terrific yeah i love it when they jam yeah it's wonderful <laughs>
6: that's good so yeah no I like it too there's been a few different ones uh, we were just listening to uh, an Eric Clapton song earlier and, uh, and I was thinking oh it was uh, Sweet Home Chicago and I was thinking right. wow every time I hear this song this is the song that the bands like to let everybody do their uh, solos in Okay. The, or the song they like to let uh, all their... Okay, go ahead, drum player, do your solo. Go ahead, oh, yeah. guitars, oh, yeah. do your solo. Yeah. And so that, I always think of a jam night. When I think of that, I think of the jam night, trying to get as many people in as possible, right? Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank all the jammers, man. And I mean, they usually end beautifully. I got a lot of cuts from that 30th anniversary of Bob Dylan. I got like Chrissy Hine doing... Uh, uh, heaven knocking, or knocking on heaven's door or uh, I shall be released, one or the other, and shit like that. And uh, it, you, you know, and you got a good feel. And I like tunes that you can hear the uh, you can hear the crowd reaction. And uh, there's one by Mylene Farmer, okay? Right, Mylene Farmer, a <laughs> French motherfucker. You guys are taking notes at home, and it's called uh. Fuck Them All. And the, the orchestration and shit, you know, forget the message and everything like that and all the background and shit that's going on. You want to talk about a working song, just a killer fucking song, and with crowd reaction, fuck them all, Mylene Farmer. And, uh, oh, yeah. so You never know what's going to tickle your funny bone.
6: <laughs> you never do. Um, I
8: like. I'm like acoustic stuff and you know just random people getting together and playing
3: oh yeah
6: yeah that's why I like the jam nights too because you, you, every night you get a different mix or every five minutes you get a different mix that's why I kind of I like open mics when it comes to comedy because even if someone sucks that's on stage right now within five minutes someone to, completely different hopefully oh, is yeah. going to be up long as I it's not another that. cookie long as it's not another cookie cutter comedian
3: well, and then when it is, you know, man, if, if something really that you, as, as where your head is at and shit like that, that you see something really puerile or just fucking nowhere going on, uh, you I can get into the scene, you, you know? And uh, I, observing everyone. I'm, I'm always observing, Paul. Always observing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) oh it's a it's a wonderful thing to see
6: you know so it's
8: a good era to be a people watcher
3: i'll give you two examples
6: then we got to cut off because we're getting close to that time folks and then we'll do our last minute shout outs but um yeah like uh we were watching a play yesterday and there was a little boy we were actually watching um uh narnia on stage and it was younger people in and and other it was young and old people on stage doing narnia and it was really cool it's a great anyway when the santa claus came out the little boy in the front row right in front of me goes what the really kind of loud and audible and i thought he was gonna go to the f word or whatever but he stopped right there and it was perfect it was what the Uh, beautiful so it it made me laugh that was the funnest part of the whole play and it wasn't even done by anybody on stage that was it was because he was like whatever six years old right
3: do i have time to tell you a, a quick
6: You do. And I'm going to go one more thing. And then in line the other day, while we were at Safeway, I heard a lady describing the ice cream that was in the freezer section. And she goes, Oh my God, there's this flavor. There's that flavor. She's looking at these little pints of ice cream that cost eight or $9 pints of ice cream. And she goes, Oh, that's my favorite. It actually tastes like she goes, it tastes like fucking sheet cake and oh. i go it sounds like the fucking motto it tastes like fucking sheet cake Oh and, yeah. and so tell us the story and they want to go into all a, right
3: we were gonna we, we were up at the school for the rich kids going wrong and all and it was like kickoff day they had graduation and shit like that and marlena cooked and some girls that helped cooked a whole bunch of turkeys and shit like that and all the rich moms and dads were up in their Mercedes, benzes and shit like that and it was getting ready to be dinner time uh, or lunch front, whatever it was and the big meal was going to go down and uh, the lodge area was filled all the tables were filled and everything and our boys were about 10 and 12 years old and uh, Packy was very exuberant about everything that was happening and all and one of the speeches went on and on and then he ended he said well alright and now it's time to eat and Packy shouted out Happily, happily, motherfucker! The fucking student body cheered. Everybody cheered and applauded, and it was beautiful. And those parents got a nice welcome to the school.
6: Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah.
8: All right, you guys. If you didn't, have got to be honest. If
6: you guys didn't get enough of Patrick, you don't have to wait until next week to download this or any Edge of the Insanity podcast. No, you can go straight to iTunes. But really, what you should do... Is go to patrickcarlin.com. You can get all his swag merchandise, his book Kian Fucking Sabe," as well as look at his, all his WDST updates, the 420 roundtables, all that stuff. Uh, plus, links going back to Amazon so you can get his uh, novel "Highway 23." Again, all roads lead back to patrickcarlin.com. Give it up for Patrick, everybody! Yes. Thank
8: you. Yeah. It's up so to you and everyone else.
6: Did you hear that? Love to you and everybody else back oh, there. Thank Patrick. thank you,
8: Christine.
6: And then,
3: Marlene's taking it easy over there.
6: There you go. And so uh, definitely, uh, you guys, definitely don't forget Kitten was out this week. Uh, check her out at kittenscorner.com. Kitten, um, with, a Kitten Corner with, with a K. That's right. Two Ks, not three. Uh, uh-huh. Check out kittenscorner, uh, dot com as well as check out Brandon Ray's modeling page on Facebook. Uh, I already shouted out enough of our stuff. Don't go away. We got Mike Spiegelman's show. What show, which movie are you doing today, Mike? Rock and Roll from 1983. It's a Canadian animated movie. There you oh, go. So wow. you get to watch a full-length movie with Mike Spiegelman if you stay tuned. So make sure to download this and every podcast. Um, thanks, guys. Keep standing up. Um, for myself, the rest of the Edge crew, uh, we got a little bit of your little brother. And check this out. This was the original opening for Complaints and Grievances, which was originally taped on, what, September 10th, 2001? but after the events on September 11th, he edited it, but he still kept this. This is a rare uh, beginning to it. This is um, the beginning he originally intended before September 11th. It's called, I like it when a lot of people die. Oh, okay. Okay. So here we go. Uh, thank you guys very much. We'll see you next week here on the right, edge, right. guys.
0: I wanna do a little something here I'll take a liberty. Uh, this is a piece I have never read before out loud. What I do is I, I write things real hard, write them, write and write and write and write and write and write and write and, write and, write and write. Then I start doing it around the house from a piece of paper and I start changing it a little bit and then I print it out again, print it out again, print it out again. Finally I start reading it to the audience and then I start to memorize it. I have it on cards after I read it, and then after the cards I got it from memory. Three of the four three of the four three of the things I did here tonight I was reading when I came here two weeks ago. So this is a quick process. I want to try this on you. I'm trying it on you. I admit that. I don't think sure it. This is gonna kind of be for the ending of the show and, and that's called I Kinda Like It When a Lot of People Die. And this piece of material is called I Kinda Like It When a Lot of People Die. <laughs> but you have to go you have to realize that reading is going to lose a lot of the value I just want to hear the words out loud okay remember what I said earlier I like to stop at traffic accidents and look at the bodies well it's true I like it I like any kind of tragedy or disaster you know love fucking disasters and tragedies people always think I'm kidding but I'm not it's true I love it all these things explosions fires plane crashes train wrecks cave-ins I love them all the bigger the better because I gotta tell you folks you know, I'll be are not gonna go soft on you here the truth is I kind of like it when a lot of people die. You know what I mean? When a whole lot of people get killed. A couple of hundred, a couple of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand. I like it. It makes me feel good. And I want you to know I really mean this. It's hard to convince people you really mean something like this. Especially when you're a comedian. They say, well, he's just trying to get laughs. Nah, no, not making a joke. I swear to God. I fucking mean it. I mean it with all my heart. I really like it when people dying. I can't help but it just makes me feel good. And I know some people think these kind of thoughts are ghoulish and demented and sick, but I know they're not. And I know these feelings are normal and quite common. I know that a lot of you feel the same way, but you're afraid to admit it because society has told you that nice people don't take pleasure in mass death. But you're wrong, because I think mass death is terrific and I'm a really nice fucking guy. And not only is mass death terrific, I think it's really exciting. I used to think that was the only thing I liked about it. That it was exciting, you know. Big disasters are exciting, and the more dead there are, the more exciting it is. And then I realized, no, it's not the excitement I like. It's the dead people. That's the part I really enjoy. You know, the best thing you can hear on television. We interrupt this program. You know, the worst thing. No one was hurt. I think that everybody got out alive. Brings me down. because I really like a high death count. And I don't care who gets killed, I don't give a shit. As long as it's not me. As long as it's not somebody close to me. although right, tell you the truth if it's somebody close to me. I'll tell the truth if it's somebody close to me. I want right, to tell you the truth if it's somebody close to me. i right, to tell you the truth if it's somebody close to me. I'm right, to tell you the truth if it's somebody close to me. Right, tell you the truth if it's somebody close
9: well that's an excellent question i'm so glad you asked statistics show that no no you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle paid for
8: by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles
3: The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security...